It is Valentine's Day, and, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about this concept of love really for the next uh, six weeks. Uh, this is, for those of you that don't know, because I know, you know, being kind of Baptist-y, we don't really do a liturgical ca- calendar, and, and we don't talk about things like Lent and, and stuff like that, but Lent started on Wednesday, and uh, that is the, the, the days leading up to Easter where we begin to prepare ourselves to celebrate, you know, really the whole purpose that we are a church and that we do what we do and, and why life matters and has significance. And, and so I thought, you know, this is a good time to really talk about love, not love like marriage. I mean, that's part of it. And, and yes, hopefully, you know, we become better at being married in the process, but, but it's not a marriage series. It's a series on love and, and what that looks like from, you know, anybody who's a follower of Christ. What does that look like in all of your relationships? So that's what we're going to do. And, and I wanted to start, I just ask you kind of to think out loud for just a minute. Um, you know, what is your like number one goal in life? What's the, what's the highest aim that, that you have? You know, just think about that for a second. Well, what is it that, you know, kind of your, your, if I don't do anything else, this is what I want to do. I want to make sure I'm X, you know, maybe it's, Maybe it's, it's I, want, I want to be wealthy, right? I, I, want, to, I want to have lots of money. Uh, maybe it's happiness, right? If, if there's nothing else, I want to be happy. Um, now, for some of you, you're saying, well, I'll be happy if I'm wealthy, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, give me $100 and watch me smile. See, money can buy happiness. Uh, but that's not true, okay? That there's, there's more, more to that. But I mean, what is that aim? What are you looking for? What do you hope in all of your life? What is that one goal that you are always moving toward? You're trying to accomplish. You're trying to, maybe it's power. Maybe it's influence. Maybe it's popularity. I don't know what it is for you. Uh, but, and, and maybe you don't know what it is for you, right? I mean, a lot of us have never taken time to really stop and think about why we do what we do and where we're trying to go with our life. But as I read through Scripture, the one thing that um, keeps coming back over and over is that honestly, love is the highest aim that any follower of Christ can have, to be a loving person. It's not to be the most knowledgeable person in the world. It's not to be, you know, the one who knows every single, you know, can quote every single verse in the Bible or knows every single doctrine or can explain all this or, or the person who's the holiest, you know, and, and has the longest prayer time and, you know, can do it. No, the highest goal of any follower of Christ is to be a loving person. That's what 1 Corinthians 14 says, let love be your greatest aim. In Mark 12, Jesus is uh, responding to what's the greatest commandment. And then what does he say? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than that, to love. 1 Corinthians 16 says, do everything in love. Everything. What does that include? everything. <laughs> That's, I mean, everything we do, that means, you know, the, the, way, the way we treat our family, the way we treat our friends, the way we treat, you know, the barista at Starbucks, the, the way we treat the person that's checking us out at the grocery, the, the way we treat that idiot driver who pulled in front of us, right? It's the way we treat everyone, the, the way we send emails, we do in love, the way we share things, the way we post on Facebook, the way we comment, the way we, we do everything is to be done in love. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if I look back over the last week, if I look back over the last three days, there's no way I can say that I did everything in love. There's no way, if I'm really honest, I can say that I was a loving person. And, and so I have to ask myself, well, if that's what Scripture says, then, then maybe I've got something to learn here. And, and so that's what we're going to do over the next 40 days, six weeks leading up to Easter. We're going to do this thing called 40 Days of Love. Now, I will tell you right up front, I, I, um, I didn't steal this because that would be illegal. I... I, uh, I, I purchased it from the, the idea, at least, from uh, Rick Warren uh, out at Saddleback Community Church out in California. He does 40 days of everything. Um, he's done 40 days of purpose, of, of prayer, of community, of whatever. He's got a nice little niche in that market, apparently. Um, but but this, this idea comes from that. And, and so I'm going to be, you know, up front, I'm not, this isn't all like I came up with it. I'm really, really smart. It's kind of the opposite. I'm not real good at it, so I needed an expert to come help me understand uh, how to be a better loving person. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks just looking at the different principles that the Bible teaches us about love, about caring for other people, about being loving people. Um, and, and so I thought to start, we just ask ourselves the very basic question, what is love? Not you know, the old, what's love got to do with it or any of that stuff. But I mean, really, what is love? Because if we don't know what it is, how do we make it our greatest aim? Right? If you aim for nothing, you hit it every time. Okay? You got to aim at, so you got to know what you're aiming at. And if our highest aim is love, then we need to understand some basics of what the Bible means when the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so today, I'm just going to kind of lay the groundwork, and then we'll move forward and, and learn some different ways Jesus talked about relationships and, and how to do things and how to interact with people. Uh, but today, the first thing I want to see is, number one, we love because God loves us. And I know a lot of you are saying, well, duh, we knew that. Well, yeah. But did you really know God loves you? I mean, there's a difference between saying in a nice theological sense, God loves us. But did you know God loves you? Because when we begin to understand that, we, we see that, you know, 1 John 4 says, love comes from God. So when we experience love, we are experiencing something that came from God. We didn't generate it ourselves, right? The idea of love, that's not something we came up with. God came up with it. God is love. Later in 1 John 4, not only does it say love comes from God, it says we love because God loves us. God created humans with the capacity to love. He didn't have to, but he did. And what I find amazing, okay, over and over in Scripture, what I find amazing is that God decides to relate to us on our level. In other words, he connects with us relationally before he asks us to do or be anything. I, I was reading um, John 11. It's a familiar passage uh, about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Okay, it's Jesus, you know, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are really good friends with Jesus. And Jesus visits them often when he's there at Bethany. They host him. He stays there. They feed him, all that fun stuff. But um, he's 
you know, a day's or two journey away, and he hears that Lazarus is sick, and he tells his disciples, by the way, Lazarus is sick, he's going to die, but that's okay. Actually, he says, he's going to fall asleep, but that's okay, I can wake him. And the disciples are like, well, if he's sleeping, that means he's going to get better, right? We all need rest. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you miss, you're missing the point here. He's going to die, and I'm going to have to raise him from the dead. And they're like, well, that's an interesting metaphor. I wonder what that means. They don't know what he's, you know, they're like, what in the world? And, and so they end up going back. They hear about it, but on their way back, they know Lazarus died before they got there. As a matter of fact, by the time Jesus got to Bethany, where they were, Lazarus had been dead four days. And, and what I love about this passage, I mean, yeah, it's really cool. Jesus says, roll the stone away. And, you know, my favorite line is when Mary says, oh, we shouldn't roll the stone away from the, where the, you know, where the body is because he stinketh, right? Because he's been decomposing. The body stinks. That's uh, always a, a favorite line. But, but beyond that, what I see Jesus doing, there are two different places before you get to that point where it says Jesus was deeply moved because he loved them. And it says, Jesus wept. Now, if you just stop and think about that for a minute, Jesus wept knowing he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Okay, so he already knew what was going to happen. It, it wasn't like all of a sudden Jesus in the middle of weeping, he's like, oh, wait a minute, I can raise him from the dead, and it changes everything. Jesus weeps while he knows that in just a few minutes he's going to raise Lazarus and then everything will be better. Why does he weep? He's not weeping because Lazarus is dead. He's weeping because he is so moved by being with these people that he loves so dearly and seeing their grief. And so he weeps with them. You see, when God interacts with us, when, when God comes and is with us, he, he doesn't come and try to make us into this, you know, stoic, um, non-feeling, God-like, I'm above everything person. Instead, God comes and he weeps with us. And he says, I want you to feel what you're feeling and I'm going to feel the way you're feeling so that we can be together. That's the level on which I'm going to relate to you. I'm not asking you to become something you're not. I understand where you're at and I want to be there with you. That's how God loves us. And so if that's the starting point, where God says, I'm going to relate to you where you're at. I'm going to weep with you. I'm going to feel everything you're feeling so that I can be with you and I can know you and you can understand how much I love you. That way you can be filled with real love so that when you interact with other people, that's the love that comes out of you. See, it starts with God and how much he loves you before you can really share that love with others. You know, it's like when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Toothpaste, exactly. Whatever's in the tube comes out. Well, when, when you try to, to love other people, right? When you, whatever is in you is what's going to come out. And if what's in you is, is hatred and vitriol and, and, and just, you know, greed or whatever it is, that's what's going to come out. But when you allow yourself to be filled with God's love, that's what will come out. But it starts with God. And the great thing about God is he's not asking you to become something you're not, to become some angel or God-like faith. He's saying, no, no, be you, but let me fill you with love where you're at in the situation that you're in. And from there, 
we can begin to love other people in a whole new way. You see, there's old saying, you know, hurt people hurt people. Damaged people hurt people. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you've been damaged, if you've been hurt, then you're way more likely to hurt the people around you because of the scars, because of the pain, because of all that you've gone through. And so what God does is he comes in and he says, I want to bring healing to those hurts so that you can now provide healing to the people around you. Now, the problem is for, their, for healing to occur, number one, there's got to be pain to start with, right? I mean, God doesn't come in and heal someone who's not sick. And so we go through life and, and we endure things. We have things happen to us. And, and, and God says, now I'm going to heal you in this so that you can show that kind of love and healing and grace and forgiveness to the people around you who are also struggling with things like that. And so he says it, it, it starts with love. We love, not because we're amazing, but because God loves. And we were created in the image of God. And so we too love. 1 John 4.16 says, We know and rely on the love that God has for us. We can't just work really hard and become more loving. It starts with God's love in us. And then we grow from there. Because the second thing, second basic about love is that love is a choice and a commitment. It's a choice and it's a commitment. Uh, Deuteronomy says, um, what, chapter 30, verse 20. It says that you should choose to love God and commit yourself to him. And the context of that is God is, has just, you know, kind of gone through the, the covenant with the people of Israel. He's gone through this list of ways that he's saying, this is, if you do this, 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 and this, then, then I will protect you and care for you and I will be there. And, and this this covenantal relationship that they've entered. And he says, here, I've laid everything out and I'm putting before you this day life and death, blessing and a curse. Choose life. Choose to follow me, choose to love God, and then commit yourself to a life of doing that. And so you need to hear that love is a choice that we make. And we make it every day. It's not just a one-time thing. Oh, I'm going to choose to love this person, and then boom, you love them for the rest of your life. I mean, trust me, there are days I know that there's, that my wife has to work really hard at choosing to love me. I live with me, and I can be an idiot, okay? I understand that. And, and it's a choice that has to be made, and it's a commitment that you make. It, it's, it's hard. Um, the, the scripture there, that Deuteronomy passage, it says not only commitment, one of the translations says, hold fast to God. I mean, I love that imagery of choose to love him and then hold on tight. That's what love is. It's choosing to give yourself to someone and then hold on tight. So it's a choice and it's, it's a commitment. But then the third thing that you need to see is love is an action, not just an emotion. Okay, love is an action. It's not just an emotion. Love can cause emotions, 
right? When you love someone, you have emotions, you have attraction, you, you have things like that that happen, and, and those do happen to you. But, but you need to understand that love is more than just this simple little, oh, I feel this. Oh, we, we fell madly in love. Yeah, that might have happened once. That was more about attraction and arousal. That was much less about love. And, and both are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have the one. I'm just saying love is much bigger than that feeling that you have. It's, it's deeper than that. You know, over and over in the Bible, God commands us to love each other. Okay, God can't command you to have an emotion. Right? He can't say, okay, today you have to feel sad. No, I mean, he can't. He doesn't do that, you know? It's, love is not an emotion. He says, I want you to love each other. It's an action that you do. That's why in 1 John uh, chapter 3, it says, uh, let us not love with word or tongue, but with action and in truth. I tell you, one of the most loving things a person can do is to love, to act in love, right? To have loving actions towards someone when you don't feel like it. And that's the most loving thing you can do. Think about it. Okay, if, if you have kids and, and, you know, when they were babies and they woke up, you know, 38,000 times in the night and you were not getting much sleep and everything was hard and it was difficult, did you, you know, one time finally say, you know what, I just don't feel like getting up and so I'm just not, let them, you know. No, you got up and you did it because they needed you and you loved them and you cared even though you didn't feel like it. That's love. Right? That, that's not just a feeling that you have. Oh, I'm going to make this sacrifice because I'm so... No, 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 no. You do it even though it's hard to do, even though you don't want to do it, even though the person isn't being nice. You still act in a loving way. Now, that doesn't mean you, you know, let everybody do whatever they want to you and roll over you. That's not, that's not loving to yourself. But being loving means I'm going to let love guide how I do whatever it is I do. Even when I don't feel like it. Even when it's hard. Even when the other person is a jerk. I'm going to act in love. I, imagine what would happen. I mean, just not, uh, this is, maybe it's such a hypothetical, it'll never happen. But imagine if every person in this room started acting in love in, in ways of love. I don't mean like act like you're goo-goo-eyed in love. I mean acting so that your actions are done in a loving way all the time, starting this week. I mean, imagine what the people you interact with, what kind of impact would that have? I mean, would that change? Maybe, you, maybe everybody in here already does, and we're just, I should just stop talking because you guys already got this one nailed. But maybe I'm just preaching to myself today because I know I don't have it nailed, uh, and, and we need to learn how to do this. But I mean, imagine if everyone here started treating every person they interacted with with their highest aim being love. Can you imagine what kind of difference that would make? At school, at work, at home, in your neighborhood? at the grocery store? Because I don't know about you, but people at the grocery store are idiots sometimes. <laughs> they need to learn how to drive those carts because it drives me nuts. 
But imagine if you started acting in a loving way, no matter what the situation, no matter how you felt. Can you imagine what kind of difference that could make in this community? If we all just made that commitment, I'm going to act in a loving way. And trust me, it sounds really good on Sunday morning when we're sitting here with coffee in front of us and we just had some music and everything's great and we're thinking about you know, where we're going to go to lunch and all those fun stuff. But, but here's the thing. Tonight when you're tired or tomorrow morning, you know, Monday morning, when you're, you're really not happy that you have to get up and go to work on President's Day and the kids aren't going to school and so they're still sleeping and you're getting up and you start getting to that irritable mood and you're just ready to you know, hit somebody because they're close to you, that's when you have to start choosing to act in love. That's when it's hard. Because we aren't thinking, everyone's not around us going, yay, we're going to do it. We're going to act in love. We're going to, no, no, that's when it's hard. And that's when you have to make that decision. That's when the choice part of this and the commitment part of this and understanding that it's an action, it's not just an emotion that you feel. And you only have to do it when you feel like doing it. Uh, you, sometimes you have to act your way into a feeling because it's almost impossible to feel your way into an action. You know, see what I'm saying? Sometimes we have to act in loving ways even when we don't feel it, which will then eventually lead to feeling loved towards people. But it starts with that choice. It's almost impossible to, to feel your way into acting in a loving way. Because let's face it, people can be mean. People are hard to deal with. Jesus talked to, uh, he, he wrote a letter, you know, in the, in the book of Revelation, there's this whole set of writing letters to the seven churches, okay? And, and in this one letter to the church at Laodicea, he tells them, he says, listen, you have lost your first love. And you, you, you aren't loving me the way you did. You've lost that. I want to sing, you've lost that loving feeling right now, but I'm not going to, okay? <laughs> you know, and he, and, and he looks at him and, and he writes this to him and, and he tells them what to do. He, he doesn't say, oh, I want to woo you back. I want to get you into that loving feeling again. No, no, you know what he says? He says, number one, I want you to remember what you did in the past. I want you to, to repent of the way you're acting now. And then I want you to do the things that you used to do. There's no mention of feeling in there, is there? He says, remember the one that you loved. Repent. Turn away from an unloving spirit. And then do those things that you did at the beginning. And that will rekindle the love. That will rekindle the feelings. It starts with choosing action. And then the feelings will follow. And that leads to the fourth thing. Um, love is a skill. Okay, it's, it's not just, you know, the, this thing, oh, it's, yeah, it's a skill that you develop, that you cultivate, that you learn, that you get better at, that you hone, that, that you work at. I want, personally, I want Terranova to be the most loving church that this town has ever seen. I mean, I want this town, I want Delaware and the county as well. I want everyone around us to, to look at this church and say, wow, 
That's a loving group of people. Now, I'll tell you, I, I know most of the pastors in this area, and um, most of them have a very similar goal for their church. And some of them are doing a really good job. They've set the bar pretty high. We're not like the only ones coming in that actually love people, okay? All the other ones do too, and they've set the bar here. And, and what I want to see is us to say, you know what, that's really loving, but watch how loving we can be. And, and then step even further in that life of love in the context of this community. I mean, imagine what this town could be like if all of the churches really started saying, you know what, God said to love our neighbors as ourselves, and so we're going to start doing that. We're going to do whatever that may mean in our situation. We're going to, you know, why did we do a food pantry drive? Because we wanted to pat ourselves on the back or we think we're really cool or, or we think we can. No, we did it because the Bible said, love your neighbors yourself. There are neighbors in this neighborhood who are going to be hungry today because they don't have money for groceries. And so we said, that's not right. A loving church would say, we don't want that to be the case and so we filled those, those shelves with food that this week is going over to the food pantry so that those people can have that food who normally couldn't. And they may never know that it came from Terra Nova. That, that's not, our goal isn't for our name to be something. But they're going to know that people cared enough that they had something. And that that's what a loving church does. And that's what we're going to keep doing. And, and, you know, Joe and I have met several times and meet again this week. We have staff meeting Wednesday night. You know, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about how, what are the other ways that we as a church can, can do loving things? Because it, it means something and it matters. But love is a skill that you learn because every situation is different. And acting loving in a situation requires you to be aware of what's going on and to be able to react accordingly. And read the situation and understand, oh wait, a loving, you know, a loving thing here might be, you know, to confront someone. A loving thing here might be to offer grace and forgiveness and, and just keep moving. How do you know the difference? It's a skill that you learn. That's why in 1 John 4 it says, dear friends, let us practice loving each other. For love comes from God, and those who uh, are loving and kind show that they are children of God and that they are getting to know Him better. Practice. 1 Timothy 4 says, practice these things. been talking about how to love people, how to be, be around other people, and devote yourselves to them in order that your progress may be seen by all. It's a skill. But last of all, it's not just a skill, it's a habit. Love is a habit. Your character is the sum of your habits. Your character is the sum of your habits. What are your habits? Because when you add those together, that tells you what your character is. Luke 6 uh, is interesting because Jesus kind of confronts people and he says, listen, if... If you only love those who love you, what, what credit is that to you? In other words, loving people who already love you back, that, that's easy. Well, let's see how you do when, in loving people who don't love you back. See, that only happens when you've developed the habit of being a loving person. 
When your knee-jerk reaction is not to take offense and not to be rude and not to, you know, jump up and and be upset with someone and lash out, but when your knee-jerk reaction is to act in a loving way, that's become a habit now. That's just the way you react in situations. It's one of those, you don't even think about it, you just do it. And trust me, that doesn't come, you know, overnight. That's why, okay, the, the average habit, the way they've, you know, studies that they've done, it takes 40 days for a habit to become a habit. Which is why we're doing 40 days of love. You get a little connection there. We didn't just make this number up. Um, it, it takes that long of being loving, of acting in a loving way for that to become a habit. And so we're going to practice it. We're going to see, uh, and here's the, the bad part about doing a series on this is, uh, generally speaking, God says, all right, you want to talk about it, you want to learn it, well then I'm going to throw a few situations at you where you're going to have to practice being loving even when it's hard. So I'm just going to warn you up front, um, you may notice that people are a little more of a jerk now uh, than you have in the past because that's just God saying, okay, you want to learn, you want to grow, let me push you just a little bit. And you have to deal with people. Hebrews 13 says, you know, if you want to make this a lifestyle of loving people, it says, continue to love each other with true Christian love. Now, um, Toby, do you have those things? If you could pass those out. Uh, here's what I want to do today, just to set a baseline. Um, 1 Corinthians says, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 13 says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Toby and, and Gretchen are handing out a nice little test. It'll take you 30 seconds. It's not like some big, huge thing. Okay, what I want you to do is go through this and check where you're at in the different relationships that are noted there. And you're just rating yourself. How loving am I? And then there's different situations, relationships that you can uh, begin to ask yourself, how loving am I in these? And uh, I think I've got one. Yeah, I've got one here. Uh, one is, um, you know, with my parents. Yes, students, those under the age of 18, you have to fill that part out and be honest. And those of us who, you know, have parents who are still alive, be honest and fill it out. And yeah, uh, the next one is... is um, Marriage prospects, okay? If you're married, don't fill that one out. <laughs> okay, let me just tell you, that's a, leave it blank, perfectly fine. Uh, the next one is in-laws. Actually, it just says relatives. And I, I wrote it, and you can write in anyone you want, okay? And because maybe you've got two or three and you want to make more, that's fine. Maybe it's, um, you know, you've got a sibling and you want to rate that because later what we're going to do is this is going to give us a baseline. And in 40 days, we're going to do this again. And we're going to see, have we changed? Have we increased in any of those? Like for mine, I, I wrote my in-laws because I don't have any brothers or sisters. I'm an only child. Did you know that? Could you tell? I don't know. My wife says it's obvious, but I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you deal? And, and those are my relatives, and I chose them. So that's even crazier. Um, and, and so, yeah, we, we, we've got to think about those, whatever. Coworkers, you know, for me... <laughs> I, I don't, I only got one paid staff member, you know, and that's Kendra and she's easy to get along with. So that made that one pretty easy. I'm, I'm nailing it in that one. Um, you know, neighbors, 
Do you even know their names? The different or the difficult people. And there's a line there if you want to put a name. If the person that you're naming is sitting next to you, I would not recommend writing their name there. Okay, just a little note. Uh, Self-preservation. Um, uh, children. How are you at showing love to your kids? And, and you know, oftentimes, oh, we love our kids. We love, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, what about when they're being a pain in the butt? Are you still loving toward them? Yeah, are you, are you still able to act in a loving way? What about, you know, in the mundane of life, just getting up, going to school and fixing lunches and all, are you able to be loving in those situations? And I mean, I'll tell you right now, I, I did not give myself the greatest score in that one because, I mean, it's hard being loving to, to kids sometimes when you live with them. And I got to work at that a ton. I got room to grow in that one. I got a lot of room to grow in that one. So don't be afraid to be hard on yourself um, because what we're going to do in 40 days, we're going to take this again. And we're going to see if the habits that we learn, the principles that we, that we learn about how Jesus says to relate with each other, if we put them into practice. John 13, 35, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How are we doing at loving? Do people know that we follow Jesus because we love each other? So I'm going to ask you to make a commitment before we wrap up this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, to show up, talk it up, and follow up. <laughs> okay, show up each week and learn some more stuff about what God says about relationships. Talk it up. Talk it over with your life group. If you're not in a life group and you want to be in one, uh, go to Connections and ask, and they will get you hooked up to the right person. Come see me, whatever. We will get you in a life group, um, and, and so you can talk about it. And also, talk it up with the people around you that maybe don't go to church and say, hey, my church is trying to become the most loving uh, community in the entire city. Uh, you want to come join us in that endeavor? Talk about it. Ask, invite people to come join us in this because imagine if we doubled the size of this and all these people were seeking to be loving people and they were being introduced to God's love and boy, that could be like a revolution happening. Uh, and then follow up. Do something with this. Don't just say, oh, that was a nice sermon and tuck that little note in your Bible and you'll see it again next week when you show up and you open it up and go, oh, yeah, that's what we talked about. <laughs> Do something. Work at it. Let's, um, let's stand. And we got one more song before we go just to give you some, some time to process this. Um, let, let's pray and sing and then we'll... Go have a loving lunch. Lord Jesus, thank you that you, um, you care about us enough that you don't leave us alone. Thank you that you, that you actually love us. I mean, just thinking about Jesus interacting with Mary and Martha as they wept over the loss of their brother and the fact that even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead in a few minutes, he loved them so much, 
he was moved to tears. And knowing that, God, you relate to us in the same way. You adore us. You, you enjoy us. And, and you said that you want a relationship with us. And you started that with love. God, I pray that, that we would now engage that. And we would learn to be loving people over the next six weeks. That we'd get better and better and better at it. So that more and more people could see your love in us. In Jesus' name, amen.